Well, everybody, welcome back to the uh, Keep Seeking Podcast with uh, Braden Miller and Jackson Smith. Uh, on today's episode, we've got my dad, Jody Smith, the uh, big coon hunter, and then we've got uh, Austin Revels, who's a part of the uh, Adrenaline Seat Pro Staff, and uh, he uh, he goes hunts, coon hunts with us a lot. So, um, Dad, what do you know? Oh, nothing, man. Just ready for some cooler weather and a little rain and make everything a lot better yes for sure we're we're definitely ready for cooler weather it makes coon hunting better deer season rolls around we're i think we're about sick and tired of this heat um so if any if anybody listening don't know jody smith he's my dad um kind of how did you get into hunting coon hunting um yeah kind of who got you into it uh and is how you got started well when when I was little, um, like my granddad and and my dad, um, my dad hunted a little bit, but mainly my granddad. Um, you know, when he was a little boy, I mean, they had to hunt, you know, t- for food, you know, yeah. to live, and so they had hounds and stuff. And um, he, after he retired and everything, uh, we started. You know, he started hunting a little bit, and we got into it. And then my dad kind of got into it. So, you know, I, I started hunting probably when I was in. Oh, I don't know. I was a little bitty guy, seven, you know, seven, eight years old, first, second grade. And um, so that's kind of, you know, kind of who got me into it and got, got a, you know, got us started. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember Papa, you know, always telling us stories about hunting and stuff. And obviously hunting's came a long way since then. Um, but, you know, and, and back then, the cool thing, you you know, you could do is you could sell hides back then, which oh, yeah. you, you can sell hides now. But, you know, back then you could make decent side money off of doing that. Uh, and, you know, and hides went down now, but, you know, I remember, you know, Papa telling me and uh, stuff that, you know, that, that y'all did that and you did that. Um, so, kind of, do you, if you remember, what was your first, I guess your first memory of coon hunting, what would that be? Um, You know, probably, uh, you know, I, like I said, I was probably first or second grade and, um, you know, I remember as a little guy, um, you know, just being, just walking a lot, you know, just sure. being so tired from that and having, you know, to make twice as many steps as everybody else. And, yes, sir. um, and, you know, back then we sure didn't have the, you know, the, the technology or the boots and shaps and all that kind of stuff that we have today to make it so much easier. I mean, I can remember, you know, walking across frozen wheat fields and, you know, with your feet being wet. And I mean, it, you know, there were times that it wasn't a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure. And, and, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just that and, um, you know, I think, you know, like I said, we hunted with my granddad a lot and, and then, you know, he had friends that hunted and, um, you know, we hunted with, you know, Buzz Anderson who had, um, you know, the Diamond Jim Smoky River dog that was a, a really big blue tick in this part of the world and, and kind of a foundation of the blue tick breed and, um, uh, you know, we hunted with Eddie Phipps a lot who was around here and, uh you know danny martin and those guys you know um there was a lot of people back in you know i'd say the you know the 80s and up probably through the mid 90s that hunted around here i mean a lot of people had hounds and yes because the hides were good Mm -hmm. um yeah you know i remember one one winter um and i was probably in high school still uh but justin and i i mean we made Twelve or fifteen hundred dollars one winter, you know, hunting and skinning coons. And, yeah, you know, a good a good hide at that time was you know twenty to twenty five dollars, and um, a bobcat was a hundred bucks or you know whatever. So you can make a, some pretty good spending money 
you know hunting. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, um, you know, and like I said, obviously hides went down and stuff, but y'all did that and, you know, was successful at it. And like you said, I mean, just from hearing stories and, and meeting people, I mean, hunting – Coon hunting back then was, I mean, it was like deer hunting is now. It, it really was. I you mean, know. especially, you know, um, deer hunting back then, I mean, if you, there wasn't any deer around, you know. No. Uh, in this part of the country, if you saw a deer, you know, I'm, you know, I'm talking the 80s and through the mid-90s probably, I mean, it was pretty rare. Um, For sure. Yeah. And then they kind of, you know, started getting in here. So, um, you know, a lot of people coon hunted and a lot of people ran cow dogs and, yeah. and, uh, and that kind of stuff, so. Um, there, there definitely wasn't the deer hunt like there is now. Yes. Yeah. I mean, hounds were, there was a lot more hounds, uh, back then. Um, and like you said, it was a lot more popular and then, you know, something, um, you know, coon hunting, you, you gotta have, you know, a pretty decent amount of land, um, most of the time to hunt just because, uh, especially now dogs, you know, they cover a lot of ground and, um, you know, and, and move through the country pretty quick, you know, back then, it's kind of you know it's the same thing with deer hunting back then it was a lot easier to get permission to coon hunt or oh, we, we could hunt I mean, anywhere around here yeah I mean, back then because people weren't deer hunting exactly you know yeah. i mean every rancher landowner or whatever i mean they didn't mind you know anybody you know coon hunting on them yeah um, yeah and uh so it was it was really it, the hunting availability was a lot easier back then than it is now I mean, yes yeah um you know right now we're pretty well you know probably 90 percent of the time that we hunt on public land and you know, we do have some some private land that we can hunt after deer season's over, but uh, yeah. majority of it right now is on private or yeah. on public. I mean, yeah, and, and kind of like what he said, you know, hunting on public, it's it's just like deer hunting. You know, you're you're hunting more pressured animals, um, which you have your you know challenges of its own there. You uh, you know you deal with some more regulations. Um, you know, and when I say regulations, you know, on public land, you, you can't drive your vehicle in to the dogs, you know, or an ATV. Uh, you can use horses, uh, sometimes just kind of depends where. So, um, you know, just, just like deer hunting, you know, public land, it, it can be a little bit tougher. Um, oh, and, I, I would say it, it's, it's definitely, um, hunting public land is, you know, is definitely tougher, you know, um, just the, you know, they don't, they don't keep it up as well, you know, yeah. it's thicker, it's, and like you say, you have to walk everywhere you go on public and, um. You know, the best thing now for hunting it is with our, you know, our tracking systems, Garmin's or dog or whatever you got. Um, you know, you can lots of times drive around a section line, even on public, and get closer sure. than, than, you know, if you had to walk straight through. But but that that was the thing as a kid, you know, I remember is, you know, you would uh, you would unsnap a dog and you just take off walking because you yeah. didn't have a tracking system to see where they was at. Yeah, and I mean, and you know, especially dogs that hunted hard, you had to stay up with them, or they'd get out of hearing, and then mm-hmm. you got a lost dog, you know, which yeah. is a bad deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you really, you know, you really had to uh, to hustle a lot more back then, and and um, it was probably a lot more work as well. Yeah, well, and, and like you said, stuff has come, you know, a lot of stuff has changed uh, from, you know, say the eighties or nineties until now, um, and you know, there's no difference in dogs. I mean, dogs have changed a lot. So kind of, um, you know, we've talked about this a lot, kind of how have dogs evolved kind of, you know, in the eighties, nineties, when you were a kid hunting, you know, how did then dogs differ from dogs now? Um, and kind of just, what have you seen in the transition to maybe more pleasure hunting compared to like competition hunting? Yeah. Well, I, and I think, 
I think that's right. I mean, I think there is, um, you know, there's differences, you know, uh, at, at the end of the day, you still want a dog to trees coons. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think back then dogs um, were a lot more track-minded than tree-minded yes. as they are today. Yeah. Um, so, you know, with that, dogs were a lot more accurate. You know, when yeah. they run a track to a tree, instead of going through the woods just looking for a tree that's got a coon in it, uh, you know, a track dog is a lot more accurate that way. For sure. And those guys back then, they had to have that. They they wouldn't keep a dog around that that slip tree, tree slips. Yeah. You know, yeah. they wouldn't they wouldn't have them. Yep. And therefore, they bred you know they bred a lot of that out of the gene pool too, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, the you know with that though, um, you know you get a dog that's probably as far as a competition style dog, you get a dog that's a little slower. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, on you know the old style dog is going to be a little more track minded. He's going to be slower. Um, probably not going to make as many trees as you what you want a competition kind of dog to do. For sure. Um, but you know, t- to me, even today, I would still rather have that kind of dog mm-hmm. than a dog that just blows through the woods or blows out or you know just runs through there, you know, looking to get treed on the first thing that that they come across. You know, sure. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I think accuracy to me is everything i mean it's kind of like you know uh you know in football running the ball down to the goal line and taking a you know kneeling instead of yeah. getting a touchdown i mean that's yeah. that's what you're that's the point the whole of, goal is tree coons yeah. yeah that's a goal well and i mean you know it's you know i started hunting when i was you know uh probably second third grade um finally you know we got dogs and uh about then and we, and we started hunting and even when i started hunting you know, we, we didn't have a tracking system for a while. Um, we uh, kind of did it the old-fashioned way, I guess you could say, but we'd turn dogs loose and take off walking. And so I remember those. And, you know, just as, as I've, I've grown up hunting and everything, you know, we've had a mixture kind of of both, you know, of, of them types of dogs. We've had dogs that blow through the country, and it can make for some long nights. And, you know, for sure, when I was younger, it would get frustrating walking you know, six, seven, eight hundred yards, half a mile, whatever it is, to a dog that's tree to no coon. You know, I was, it, it's a lot more frustrating. You know, now obviously I understand it, you know, more and it's not as bad. And then we've had some dogs, you know, particularly the dog, one of the, the blue dog we got right now, he's very kind of, I guess you would say old school. He's really accurate. Um, you know, he, he can run a track pretty good and pretty fast. Um, but, you know, he, he don't, he don't make as many trees, but I mean, we really like him and, and, you know, have had a lot of success with him. So, you know, dogs have definitely changed. Um, I, I think so. And, and, you know, a lot of people, you know, talk about they bred the nose out of dogs and, and that kind of stuff. And, and I think maybe for a while they did, I think that's kind of coming back around a little bit. Um, but you know, the, the old, the old fashioned kind of, you know, dogs are, uh, you know, like I said, those guys that hunted back then, they that's what they had to have. Yeah. And they wouldn't tolerate anything less. So, yep. For um, sure. But uh you know, there that they are you know, there there are differences I, I do believe in the you know, the dogs of you know, yesteryear and, and today. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, so um kinda on the topic of dogs, do you kinda what's a dog or dogs that, you know, really stood out to you when you you know, were hunting when you were a kid? Like what, you know, what would say maybe your favorite dog be, best dog, um, kind of what are some dogs, you know, you, you really liked and kind of describe them so the listeners kind of know, you know, what you're talking about. But, you know, what what are some of your favorite dogs? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and kind of 
to backtrack a little bit, I, I guess one of the things that I love about coon hunting so much is the dogs. I mean, it, it amazes me that you can turn a dog loose and, you know, they're, they're on the honor system. I mean, um, and they're doing everything, you know, that is genetically in them, sure. using their nose to run a track through all kinds of conditions and brush and water and mud or dust or whatever, yeah. you know, and, and picking up that scent and running it all the way to a tree and having a coon in it, you know, in the tree at the end. To me, that's everything. I mean, and yeah. that's what probably even today really motivates me to hunt is just to see dogs improve mm-hmm. and, and see them to get better. And um, and it's it's it still just kind of blows my mind sometimes when you really break it down and, and think about how difficult it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for yeah. a dog to even be able to to do it, sometimes you're like, wow, that's that's pretty crazy. Oh yeah, but, I mean, I mean, and that's why you know. You you don't coon hunt to kill coons. I mean, no. you, you you coon hunt for the dogs and the progress of dogs. I mean, I know when we first got blue, you know, I talked to Austin. You know, Austin started going there um, when we first got blue and, you know, until, you know, and then say, you know, a, few, a winter goes by of hunting him and then Austin goes again and Austin's like, man, this is a different dog, you know. So kind of describe Austin like from a – like a, a outsider's viewpoint of the progression you've seen from that first time you saw him till like, I guess they're towards the end. I would say the first time I went with them, it was dog was pretty new. Yeah, I mean, it was he he knew what he was doing, but he he's had a lot he, of puff in him. Yeah. He's had a lot of puff in him, like Jackson said. Yeah, yeah. There towards the end, he was getting better. Yeah, and last time I went with him, we had a a really good night. Really good night. Yeah. Successful hunt. What you could ask for. Yeah. He's gotten a lot better. You just got to keep running them dogs and yep. doing what they want to do. Yeah. And I got a question for Jody. They, uh, how do you think the training's from the older days to the newer days? Do you think it's changed, or oh, I do th- you think the accuracy and stuff is that's what it is, or I, I think training's definitely changed, um, and and a lot of it has to do with the Garmin. I mean, you know, because you can manipulate a dog so much with, you know, a, a tone or a shock or whatever if they're doing something wrong. I mean, um, you know, there was lots of times, you know, I remember as a kid, you know, a, a dog would just take off and he's just burning a deer down, you know, yeah. and get out of the country. Yeah. And now if, if we suspect that or have a pretty good idea of that, we can stop him on a dime, yeah. you know, yeah. with, that, with that collar. Yeah. So it's changed a bunch. Um, but that can go too far, too. Because yeah. you can overuse that, you know, yeah, you yeah. can overcorrect dogs, and 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 I think you know that there's a lot of people that burn dogs up doing that too, but I, I think it's changed a lot, um, um, you know, with, with that, you know, the the dogs that were, uh, you know, those older kind of dogs, um, most of them were, you know, they couldn't take a lot of correction, you know, they would get their feelings hurt pretty easily, um, you know, they were. Um, you know, of course, a lot of those dogs were, were about like the family pet too. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you couldn't correct them a whole lot, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's changed a ton. I mean, it it really has. And um, yeah, I think I think kind of go on that. You know, starting dogs back then and now is so different. You know, um, starting a dog before tracking collars and all this stuff. I mean, you had a pup, and you know, once he got kind of old enough to you know start going i mean you you sent that dog with two three maybe four other dogs and you know they just kind of look learned from 
following them other dogs and you know like i said a lot of spread into them so you know you go from that of just you know sending pups with with older you know older dogs that know what they're doing to now you know a hound may not see another dog the first you know or hunt excuse me a hound may not hunt with another dog for the first year and a half of its life because people are, are starting these hounds by themselves yeah i mean that that's true um you know i've I've always, and still am today, I've always been a fan of hunting, at least getting a pup started with an older dog. An yeah. older, you know, like B. Yeah. An older, good, honest dog that you know that they're straight and they're not going to get them messed up. Yep. And, you know, at least get them started and at least kind of get them figuring out what you want. Yeah. And then, kind of like we've done with Blue, after he kind of starts doing some stuff on his own and showing a little bit of independence then just start hunting by himself and give him that confidence alone that, um, you know, that you, that that's what you want. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't really answer your question earlier when you was talking about the dogs that I've, you know, that I had growing yeah. up and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. But, um, I mean, we, we've had a lot, we've had a lot of dogs and we've even had a lot of dogs since, you know, Jackson's yeah, for been sure. alive. But, um, the, the dogs that probably stick out to me the most were, um, a, a a, a blue tick that we called Rounder, that was a really really good dog, um, and and he and he was kind of before his time actually because he he's more he was more back then was more of kind of a competition kind of dog than anything else than anything else we had he yeah. he was he was kind of kind of mean would get mean at the tree with other dogs kind of growly you couldn't put him in the dog box with anything else um, and that's that's why we got him dad him. I'm not sure if Dad got him from Eddie Phipps or where that dog came from, but um, you know, he, you know, they said, "Hey, you know, you need to hunt this dog by himself," and that's what we did. I mean, we treated a pile of coons with a, with him by himself, and that was kind of unheard of back in those days because all those dogs packed, packed up. up yeah. You know, they packed up. Um, so he was a really good dog, and then, you know, through there, you know, he got he got run over, um, and you know, that was a. I was. I, I remember. I was thinking about this the other day. I remember as a kid. I, I mean, I'm talking. I was six or seven years old, maybe eight years old. I still remember in the house that we were living in, where I was sitting in the house when the guy called and told Dad that that dog had gotten run over because he had a collar on with our collar. And I remember Dad talking to him on the phone. Yeah. And um, and I still remember that. I mean, you know, as a kid, and that's your dog. I mean, it, it'll break your heart. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> I, I still remember that. Um, and then, you know, after he got run over, we went through a couple of different ones, and then um, we got blue. And um, not the blue that we have today. <laughs> but uh, yeah. so Justin uh, actually traded a 410 shotgun for this blue dog uh, from a guy up at, uh, around Chickasha, Bobby Deaton's uh, dad. I think his name was Joe. And he was a fur buyer up there and had some blue dogs. And um, so... We started hunting blue, and um, he 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 was just kind of a natural, really. I mean, he just really took to it quick. Yeah. Um, we hunted him with some other dogs, and even then, I mean, um, you know, all the hunting that I, that I did, kind of growing up and through high school. I mean, we always hunted with somebody else or hunted with other dogs. I mean, you know, that's just the way everybody hunted back then. Yeah. Um, but anyways, he started making a really nice dog, and and he was such a reminds me so much of our blue dog that we got today. Yeah. Um, was just uh, really fun to be around, had a great personality, um, w was just, you know, wanted to be your buddy, wanted to please you, yeah. um, had a huge mouth, um, 
hunted hard and and uh you know just handled good i mean just a great dog yeah and um then after him he got run over too <laughs> that and that's where you know both of those instances right there um as we was talking about tracking collars earlier both of those instances right there if we'd had tracking collars back then those dogs wouldn't have got run over yep because it yep. was um you know both of those nights uh you know like a little cold front blew in it got windy we couldn't hear them they got out of hearing distance and we drove around <clears throat> you know half the night looking for them couldn't find them and you know they get out on the highway and get run over yeah. um so i am very thankful for you know tracking systems oh, today. Yeah. well i mean you know kind of the old timers way of finding you know obviously they didn't have callers so you know it might be an instance where you kind of lose a dog like that and you know maybe a general area and you you know what you do there you take off your coat jacket that smells like you and, and you leave it there in the woods and, and then, i can't tell you how many times we did that and it worked I yeah mean, you know it does a lot and those dogs are smart you know they'll come back to where they get turned loose at yeah. usually um and they just lay down on your coat or you know you'd pull the dog box out of your truck and leave it there and they'd be in it in the morning when you come around to you know to get them but yep. um you know sometimes that works and sometimes it don't yeah for sure it's well and it's hard when you you know you got dogs like you talked about with blue and rounder when you got really really good dogs and you do you lose them i mean that's a that's a hard thing to do you you know you don't want to give up looking for them and sometimes you know you just got to go home you know and then hope for the best and you know it always don't turn out you know and then garmin's now have made that I mean, a Garmin can pick up for miles, you know, a signal on a dog for miles. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's changed a lot, and it and it's helped, you know. Yeah. But oh, it's it's changed everything. I mean, it really has. But yeah. um, you know, after after Blue, um, you know, I'm I'm probably in junior high, high school, somewhere in through there, and um, hunting with Papaw yeah. a lot, and he hunted with us back then too. Um, but he got a little English female um, that we called Sue, and um, I'd I'd never hunted with an English dog much and she she was more um kind of like the dogs of today I would say you know that I think that transition kind of started right then about the mid 90s and yeah um she she was a big wide hunter hunted really hard um was wild um if you didn't catch her at the tree you weren't going to catch her I mean you could <laughs> yeah. um and I think I think that's why Papa wanted me to go because when she got treed I mean you were humping it to get there before you know in case she pulled off or the coon jumped or something because you weren't going to you weren't going to call her in and catch her yeah um and she was she was a good little dog um really accurate i didn't like her mouth much kind of you know chop mouth and, yeah um but anyways uh so you know it she was she was uh she was a good dog though treated a lot of coons with her yeah um you know and, and after that you know I'm, I'm this is where you know i'm getting probably into college by then and kind of you know kind of quit hunting there for probably you know six seven eight years until yeah you know, really until you got to yeah. be old enough to do it old enough to go so yeah and i mean we've you know since i've hunted we've had a lot of, you know a lot of really good dogs um obviously we got you know the blue dog we call now we call him blue number two just because he resembles you know dad's blue dog when they were younger that it's crazy how much those dogs are alike i mean yeah. in personality in looks in mouth and how they hunt it i mean it, it's just like a a carbon copy it really yeah. is um, yeah i mean I, re, I so i remember the first dog we got we uh it was me my cousin brady and dad i think maybe people all went with us and we drove to missouri to get that old red bone and female. we we yeah. got a uh red bone female her name was rose 
and she would tree some possums. Yeah, she would. But she she treed some coon. I remember the first night we treed, we treed. I well, it was the first night I think we went that we treed a coon. Um, and it was in a big old overgrown tree, and I remember like being happiest I've ever been, you know, because <laughs> I mean it was just awesome, you know. And she she had a real coarse, wasn't real loud mouth, you know. And and she it was a fun she was a fun dog. I mean it was, it was you know that was the first dog we got, and then. Uh, after that, you know, we we had a, a really good dog we called Rusty. Um, he was an English dog and a male dog, and he was a tree and dude. He was kind of a different kind of dog. He I was mean, different. He yeah. was silent on track, hardly wouldn't open on track at all. Yeah. But, man, he was a tree dog. When he yeah. sat down, he would just let, you know, hammer down. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he was he was a good dog, yeah. too. Yeah, and uh, we had a... Uh, what was that other English uh, female we had? Uh, Ruby. Ruby yeah. was so something happened. I think we got Ruby when she was pretty old, um, and we didn't have her a long time before she died. But just in my mind, I mean, I was still fairly young. But like that was maybe one of the better dogs we had. She was she was really good. She, she was, came from Johnny Nip over at Ringland. Yeah, and um, she was she was older. I mean, I think when we got her, she was probably nine or ten. Yeah, you know, I mean, she was. Um, you know way up in years but uh, she was she was a good hound i yep. mean you know really accurate um did everything the way that you wanted to yeah yep. um but uh yeah and then kind of going then after the then after her right along in that time frame that's when we got night train yeah night train i um, forgot about her almost she came from um uh a gal around uh in western oklahoma uh, Clark Roberts, yep. is who she came from, yep. and uh, she was a blue dog. I got and, her for Christmas one yeah, year. Yep. I bought her for Jackson. She was like six weeks old around yep. Christmas, and we got her. And uh, Jackson, he, he took her everywhere. I yeah, mean, she was. I mean, she was more like a pet almost. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she was. You know, squirrel hunting and pos- I mean, whatever Jackson and Brady and Cooper wanted to go hunt that day, that's what they took. Yeah, on night train. Yeah, and uh, but we started hunting her, and uh, she. Um, she was going to be, I think, a, a really maybe the best really dog we ever had. She top of the be, line yeah. kind of dog. Um, she was uh, she was wound pretty tight, uh, hunted hard, and once and once she started, yeah. I mean, once she started, she never looked back. I mean, she would, um, you know, she would really go, and uh, had a really strange kind of mouth on, kind of like a squall yeah. type. Squeaky, yeah. when she opened up, you thought somebody was killing her. I mean, so, yeah, you know, yeah. Like she just screamed. You know, it was crazy. Um, but uh, so I, I, I really did like like her a lot, and um, I think you know she did. She died of a heat stroke. Yep. Um, you know, kind of like now, middle of July or August, really hot. You yep. know, and um, you keep shade and water out for them, and sometimes that that ain't enough. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. Yep. She. Uh, she was going to be a good one for sure. I mean, she started, and like I said, she wasn't very old when she died after she had that heat stroke. But no, she she was less than two. Yeah, I mean, she, she was, was young. But and then kind of going on to probably the most impressive, best dog we you know we've ever had. Um, we had a uh, Walker female. Um, her name was Scotty, and uh, so where how we get where did we get? She, she came from Marion. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a buddy, you know that a buddy, a good buddy of ours that we hunt with all the time, Marion Cox from up yep. there at Marlowe. Um, him and uh, uh, Scott uh, 
Carol, I think yep. is his last name, yep. or Moore. They partner on a bunch of dogs up there, and, and that's where she came from. Yep. And she's a coma-bred female, and really probably one of the first walker dogs we ever had. Uh, yeah, I think up, so, right? yeah. So uh, yep. we got her, and, and uh, a guy from, I think, Indiana or somewhere had bought her as a pup, and uh, they didn't get along. He kind of had her messed up, and so they got her back down there or down here, and um, we got her and just started hunting her, you yeah, know, really. I mean, that's, that's all that, we did. That's yeah. all we did. We just hunted her and um, went with Marion a lot. Marion had some good dogs, and, um, you know, we had her, what, three years, I think? Yeah, we had her a long time, and we hunted years. her a lot. I mean, that those three years we had her, we probably hunted more than we ever had. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. two nights, three nights a week. Dad was going. You know, I was still in school some, so I – on the weekends and when I went deer hunting I was going I mean we we hunted with her a lot Austin did you ever get to hunt with us when we had Scotty well I think uh, you probably maybe towards maybe once or twice maybe yeah but um or maybe Marion had her at that time yeah I think I think that's who it was yeah yeah, I think Marion so kind of you know onto the story of of Scotty so we had her and um she got to where she was really really nice and in in a competition dogs form you know very very good she would split off she would treat coons in a hurry she could blaze a track she could treat a layup she was just everything you wanted yeah and uh so um you know we got her from marion and scott and they kind of came to us and said hey like or, i mean you kind of know more that well, side of yeah it, but... i mean um we we had talked about it and and um they wanted to start taking her to some hunts which you know, we've never really got competition, into the competition huh? type, you know, and into that yet. You know, it's something that I still want to do and yeah. we still want to do. But um, so anyways, they wanted to start taking her to some hunts and felt like that they could win with her. And and, um, and I hated to get rid of her, but I also wanted her to have the chance, you know, to go to, sure. go to some hunts yeah. and hunts and that kind of stuff. So uh, so we did. And I think Marion, um, they, they got her like in – like March, yeah, and I think by July had already made her a Grand Night Champion. I mean, she won like the first five or six hunts he ever took her to. I mean, yeah. and um, just really started, you know, getting with her. Um, then he qualified her for the World Hunt yep. in twenty 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 two. Which year. and 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 if some of y'all don't know what the World Hunt is, um, the World Hunt is a it's a competition uh, coon hunt and. Um, it's like pretty much the Super Bowl of coon hunting. I mean, all the best dogs in the world uh, go to this hunt, and they so so they have, so they have zones. Um, you got to qualify, and uh, and then you go to to zones, and they only take you know the, I, throughout the year the hunts and the zones. I mean, there's no telling how many dogs are entered in those thousands of dogs, and they only take a hundred to the world hunt. Yeah. So um, Marion got her qualified, got her to the zones. Uh, got her qualified out of zones to the world hunt in the top 100 and um, <clears throat> did a really good job with her. And uh, I mean, and Marion, he's a really good handler. I yep. mean, good trainer and I mean, even better dude. But, you know, he he knew, I mean, he knew, he knew how to handle, I mean, he handled her better than anything, you know, I've seen. Yeah. I mean, he just, obviously the dog's got to be good, but the handler has to be, you know, really well too. And that's well, not easy you know, to I do. I think, you know, there's lots of times that, um, the handlers are better than the dogs sometimes. You know, yep. those guys that really know rules and know how to manipulate them to, you know, to, to fit the dog and, mm-hmm. and yep. that kind of stuff are, you know, you can take a really good handler and an average dog 
and they're going to win. Yeah. And you might take a really good dog and a guy that don't know nothing like me, and I'm going to get beat. Yeah. You know, because those handlers know, you know. Rules and. Know the rules and know what yeah. to do and that kind of stuff. There's, yeah. And there's a lot to it. Um, but anyways, so he got her, he got her qualified for the world hunt and uh, took her to, I think it was Queen City, Texas, was where the zones was at, which is kind of East Texas. Um, and while they were down there, she got snake bit, um, water moccasin, they think, and um, which is no big deal. We get dogs bit all the time. And uh, got her back home, got her doctored up, and took her to the world hunt. No big deal. Uh, <clears throat> get her back home from the world hunt. Uh, didn't do any good out there. Um, but anyways, get her back home. She kind of starts getting sick and uh, just goes down a hill and she dies. Um, yeah. Long story short, I think it was like kind of like a – Secondary, a secondary infection, infection maybe from the snake bite they yeah. think they don't know yeah. really all they know yeah. is she got sick and they started pumping her full of medicine and couldn't get her turned around yep. so that was a big you know a big big loss for you know for them and for us and you know everybody that had a hand you know a hand in her was yeah yeah you know sure. pretty pretty tore up about that deal I mean, you know they had a, a, a breeding to uh to a really good dog and those pups were going to be some big time really nice pups and um, you know, so that yeah. kind of deal. Well, and I mean, you know, you know, hunting, hunting dogs and hunting hounds specifically. I mean, it's, it's a tough deal because, you know, they are, they are an active deal. They're, they're out in the woods, you know, not in a bad way, but they're faced, you know, can be faced with a lot of danger and stuff. So, you know, sadly, that's just a part of hound hunting and coon hunting in general. I mean, you do lose dogs. Um, you know, obviously they're not a house dog that sits at the house and does nothing but eat, sleep and use the restroom, you know? So, um, it's part of it and it, you know, it's hard, especially like, you know, with the blue dog we got now and stuff. I mean, you grow close to these dogs and you almost hate to because yeah. you know, any given night that they you could, might not get them back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's, that's a, that's a hard thing that comes with hunting, um, hunting hounds and, and coon hunting, but you know, it's just, it is, it's part of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, if, if you have them, you're going to lose them for yeah. sure. I mean, you don't want to, and you you do everything you can to prevent it but it's it's going to happen but yep. uh for sure so, for sure um so i kind of want to transition into something um kind of interesting i think uh kind of the correlation or uh maybe debate you would say of coon hunters and deer hunters yeah yeah um so, so this is something that you know especially now and and people in so on the side of deer hunters and, and people, and, I and you know, if somebody tells you you can't hunt their land, I mean, obviously you can't. Um, but, you know, deer hunters put a lot of time and a lot of money um, and effort into uh, growing these deer and hunting these deer and all that stuff. So I completely understand where they don't want a coon hunter um, coming in there and, and hunting on their land or um, – you know, or whatever, you know, whatever the deal is there. And so, you know, that's mainly what I do. I deer hunt. So it's been interesting for me to see both sides of it. And something that, you know, like as a deer hunter, I always thought, you know, lights in the wood, uh, lights in the woods, bump deer, you know, walking into your stand or, or walking back to it. And I think it can, um, you know, I always thought that, you know, a dog blowing through there barking and stuff would spook deer. And I'm not saying it doesn't because I know it does sometimes. But what's crazy is like like a story. Um, we were hunting some public land and um, 
this was during deer season. We had some dogs treed, and they were treed probably 800 yards away. And uh, so we walk in there, and it's some pretty thick brush, and these dogs are treed. And we get 30 or 40 yards from the tree, and there's a bedded buck just sitting there. A good now, buck. A, a pretty good buck. Now, is that buck sick? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. He looked healthy, but, you know, that's – I'm going off of what I can see. And that, like, really was interesting to me. And, I mean, how many deer have we coon hunting, you know, walking through the pasture, going to the dogs, have we seen? I mean, it's... I mean, you see them all the time. Yeah. Bedded up. And and, I, and I'm the same way. I mean, I understand that people, um, you know, with deer hunting, it's, a you know, it's what they do. It's their lifestyle. And if I'm pouring money into it and that kind of thing, you know, I, I wouldn't want people in there either. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of with you on the same hand. Um you know, we've walked past, I can't tell you how many deer, within, I'm talking 10, 15, 20 feet. Yeah. And they never move. Yeah. I mean, you know? we've, we've walked past 10, 15 of them in one night. Yeah. yeah. Just us going together, and we were looking for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with it being at night, and those deer, deer feel a little more secure, yeah. you know, a little more safe, and um, it just doesn't seem like they get bothered by it. I mean, yeah. um, now, obviously, if you have... A dog that chases deer that's different <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, yeah which you know luckily knock on wood we don't um but uh you know it, it is i mean i i i can't tell you how many that you see and that you walk right past and, and you know they just they don't pay you no mind yeah they really don't yeah so i mean it's it's interesting you know i think now do dogs and coon hunters and stuff bump deer sometimes yes but does it maybe make a big of difference um does it make it maybe make as big a difference as what some people think? You know, I, I don't think so. You know, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and, um, I mean, these are guys that are big deer hunters and big coon hunters as mm-hmm. well. And they were talking like some of their best deer hunts have been on the morning after they were in their coon hunting that night. Yeah. You know, they talk about it gets deer up on their feet. Yeah. You know, yeah. it might not be, you know, kind of get them out of, you know, their main bedding area or something yeah. a little bit. And that they see deer that they haven't seen in a long time because you know they are up on their feet. Yeah, that makes it makes a lot of sense. And so, I've I've always said this: um, some of the best deer scouting I've ever done is while coon hunting. And I think the reason is that for that is you can't control where them dogs go. You know, to an extent. Well, I, let me rephrase that: you you can see where they go and you can stop them with your call or whatever. But as, as long as they're in the property you're wanting to hunt, you know, you kind of you let them go where they want. Well, that kind of makes you have to go into some areas you've never been into. And I've looked at 3D maps of public land where we've hunted and like, you know, and I'm like, all right, here's a good spot for deer. Here's a good spot. Well, then we go and we're coon hunting and we're walking somewhere totally different that I never even looked at on a map. And we're walking through the woods and I'm seeing sign and trails and like... It's like some of the best scouting I've ever done, and so unintentional. But them dogs, you know, you can't control where they go, and it just takes you into some areas you never thought you would have went. Yeah. You know, and, and so then you're like, man, I just found a great deer hunting spot, and I've went and hunted those spots the next day or two, three days and seen deer and good deer. So it's it's pretty crazy, um, you know, and and kind of deer hunting and coon hunting you know go together as my dad mentioned we got some spots that after deer season we can coon hunt and you know just like anything else you know coon management is important thing you know managing the numbers and the population on that because they will 
eat your corn feeders yeah. alive. You know, they they're a terrible um, nesting predator on the turkeys and the quail and all that. So you know, you, you're not just going out and, and killing coons to kill coons. You know, whether you're using them for their hide or you're you know you're controlling the uh, the population on them. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's conservation, just like yeah, it's, deer. yeah. I mean, I'd a lot rather you know see see them get uh, you know conservation and and not starve to death or disease come through there and wipe them all out or yeah. whatever you know because of overpopulation so yeah um but like you said it they do you know they really hurt the quail and turkey and that kind of stuff too because they've yeah. got so many nests and yeah, eggs and for stuff. sure and, and, and that's, that's go ahead that's like around here i mean i had 80 acres and i had quail everywhere but there's hardly any coons and i never even thought about killing the quail because we ain't got none around here yeah Yeah. so i was just trying to grow them up but i'd never seen any coons on my feeders or nothing and i got a different spot that heck me and jackson sent jody pictures the other night i had 15 20 coons sitting there tearing up corn and stuff yeah yeah Yeah. well and 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 there i mean they are i mean once they figure out that there's corn in a place i mean they just flock to it so yeah and that's what everybody says all the time well i bet you you know you don't have to go 100 yards to tree one and in certain places that may be true mm-hmm. in on public land where yeah. you're not supposed to be feeding <laughs> yeah. yeah you know uh that you know they're you know they're they're can be scarce in some places yeah well for sure i mean you know hunting hunting down here you know from an outsider on your deer cameras and all that stuff you may think man there's a lot of coons down here and there is there to is. an extent yeah. yep. But there's also hunting down here is can be really really tough, especially public land. You got to go a long ways and a lot of ground to find a coon. Sometimes if if you tree, I mean you know I hear about guys up north. You know they'll tree seven, eight, ten a night or something like that. We may not tree that in a week. No, you know what I yeah. mean if you tree one or two a night around here, that's that's a pretty good night. Yeah, and yep. you've probably walked your guts out to do it. Yep, you know I mean yep, it's um it's tough in, in lots of places well and and you know when it comes to topography down here the country's not rough necessarily but it can get really thick we got some you know some big deep water in some areas um uh you a lot know, of underbrush a lot of vines yes and- yeah and so it can it can get tough compared to say go to iowa or ohio up there where you got these cornfields with little you know draws of timber that i mean coons are just thriving i mean you know you know up there and i'm not saying them dogs are any less of a dog because there's more coons i'm not saying that it's just there's a lot more coons to tree you know and um we've talked about that down here you know starting pups can be really hard um especially on public land because them dogs got to go so far to find a coon or a good track just to get a track yeah i mean um it's starting pups around here especially on public land is super tough yeah unless you can you know live trap a coon or something like that or whatever um it's like you say you know there's times that we cut loose and you know they may go five or six hundred yards where they get struck yeah and they're another you know another you know close to a mile yeah a mile before they get treated you know i mean and that's a lot to ask out of a pup Mm -hmm. that's you know, Young, just, don't have any confidence, yeah, anything that, like or that. Or that's just starting, you know, trying to figure out how to get through the woods or, yeah. you know, that they don't know what's going on. That's a lot to ask out of a pup. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, kind of um, kind of our last segment here, and we'll kind of wrap it up. But so um, something that, like, you know, coon hunting and 
uh, during deer season and, you know, during the winter and all that. So kind of like for some, you know, for us, like what are some of the craziest like weather hunts or like, I guess, yeah, what would be some of the craziest hunts where like weather has been a big deal, whether it's super hot, super cold, front blew in, like anything that comes to mind. Maybe it's when you were a kid, Dad, or, you know. Yeah, I, I can, I, I mean, I've got a lot of them, but I can remember one specifically, and it's out here on Beaver Creek, and uh, is me and I think your Uncle Justin and Peepaw and Papaw were there. Yeah. And um, I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure we were hunting blue or maybe rounder, I can't remember, but uh, one of the blue dogs and another dog. Anyways, so uh, we were, we had, they got treed in a big pecan bottom, and uh, we were in this wheat field walking across, and it was cold. I mean, the ground was froze up. It was probably in the 20s. It was a cold night. You know, no wind, but still cold. And uh, so we get to the, get to where they're treed, and we get over there close, and they're treed across the creek. Yep. And, and Beaver Creek is deep. And we're like, oh. What? And we could shine a light. We could tell they had a coon, and we could see him sitting up there. So, uh, dad, he, he makes that, you know, he makes a decision that he's going to swim the creek to get over there to him, to get the dogs. Yeah. So, um, he starts taking off his clothes and he told me and Papa or whoever was there, you know, to build a fire. So we built a fire and, uh, he gets his clothes stripped off and keeps his boots on, I guess, or whatever, you know, and yeah. walks over and gets the dogs, shoots the coon out, gets the coon, brings them back across the creek and... He warms up by the fire for the next 30 or 45 minutes. I mean, it, it was cold. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can remember, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. hunting in, uh, you know, I've seen it where we've been hunting in like a an ice storm or a sleet storm will come in and dogs are treed. Yeah. And they'll, around the tree where they're treeing will be dirt and everything else around them will be Frozen, snow. Frozen, yep. You know, yep. that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, one like, you know, a lot of times not all the time but you know a lot of times during uh the fall and winter and, and stuff a lot of times these cold fronts will blow in in the middle of the night yeah you know when most people are asleep and you know there's a 20 30 de- degree difference from when they go to bed when they wake up a lot of times we're out there when those cold fronts blow in yeah. and you know it's i i love it because you know i like cold weather and cold fronts for deer hunting means good things normally so you know when we're out there coon hunting and a cold front blows in i'm like yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a good morning you know and so um coon hunting in the cold is a hundred times better than in the heat oh absolutely i mean yeah (laughs) coon hunting is one of them deals that you either love it or you hate it there's no in between yep there's no in between because you're out there and it's you know, like I said, it's either really cold, it can be hot, you're, you know, traipsing through all kinds of briars and stuff or, you know, brush and having to walk, you know, for, forever sometimes it seems like. Yep. I can't tell you how many times I've fallen in the creek, Yeah. you know, or or whatever. And, um, you know, and, and sometimes you, they, dogs just get into a spot that you, you know, that you don't have any other way but to just start walking. Um, I mean, and um, we've had... You know, the one time that we were up there two miles north of Beaver. And, yeah. Um, you know, we walked two miles through there to get to the highway. Yeah. And uh, I'm carrying Cooper. Yep. Most of the time on my shoulders. You know, he's a little bitty guy. Yeah. And uh, that was a long night. I was, I was about ready just to, like, you know, give sit up. down yeah. and give up and try to walk out in the morning or something. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there's weather's well, a big deal into it, you know. And then, um, 
moisture pays a big difference and you know the scent and all that i mean there's there's a ton of stuff you can dive into on on that side of things you know but um yeah i mean coon hunting in the snow is is really cool it can be tough but it's it's pretty being out there at night and uh yeah it's it it is i mean it's a lot of it's a lot of fun and you know i i've loved it ever since a little i was a little kid you know i mean um i nearly flunked out of third grade because <laughs> because i could yeah my my mom's rule was okay you know y'all can hunt you know her and dad uh y'all can hunt during the week but as long as my grades stayed good and you know kept my homework up and that kind of stuff well you know we got to hunt a lot like this was be- leading up to christmas time yeah. and grades come out at christmas and i have like three d's on my report card because i wasn't turning in my work i tell mom oh yeah i got my homework done <laughs> i didn't you know yeah so when the report card came out Oh, Jody was in some trouble. Yeah. And didn't get to go hunting for about a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. So. Lots of, lots of late nights, man. I mean, you know, obviously, if it's the weekend and it's during deer season, I'm hunting in the morning. So, you know, Dad will be like, hey, let's go coon hunt. And I'm like, all right, you know, we're just going to go turn out or two. It won't be that late. And then that turns into 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning. And I'm getting home, and I'm like, man. I don't really know if I want to wake up to go deer hunt, but I do, you know. And so, there's been some late, late nights. But oh, I, I'm I'm telling you, I mean, my my best memories of growing up and and, and with Jackson and you guys, you know, are are coon hunting. I mean, you know, yep. taking, you know, um, you know, taking you guys hunting there, you know, even when I was in high school, you know, taking my buddies hunting and yep. you know that kind of stuff. I mean, um, I you know. I loved baseball and football and roping and rodeoing and that kind of stuff, but you know, probably my best memories are still of of hunting. Yep. You know, yeah, and that's like memories you won't forget. Oh no, we could probably sit here all night and tell stories. Oh, every oh, yeah. single story about going out in the woods. Yeah, telling stories all night. But yeah. I got one more question for you, Jody. Okay. What? When do you say you pull off pups from older dogs and start hunting them by themselves? Uh huh. At what time? Yeah. Like what age? Yeah. You know, a lot of it, a lot of it just kind of depends on the dog. Um, I think is um, you just kind of got to see where they're at, you know, and, and how they're mature and how they're progressing. Um, you know, some some dogs start quick at, you know, six, seven, eight months old, and and some dogs are a year and a half until they get started good. Um, a lot of it just you know really depends on them, uh, you know, and some, even some breeds. Um, and even strains of, of breeds, those breeds, yeah. you know, take longer or, or some of them start quicker yeah. or whatever. Um, but, I, you know, I think once a dog starts, and, and honestly, you know, hunting a dog by himself primarily is something that I haven't done just a whole lot of until the last couple of years yeah. with, with Blue. Um, because, in, but in, in, until you do that, you you never really know what you got, yeah. you know, because they're always dependent on something else, and um, and and it kind of sucks at first, yeah. Because you know, a starting a, especially a pup by himself, like we talked about earlier, you know, sometimes tracks can be hard um, to to get to get a good track and get them started, and um, it it can be, you know, there's lots of times I remember when we first started him by himself. I mean. You know, we'd turn him loose, and we might just go sit on the tailgate. And yep. it might be 20, 30 minutes before he really kind of got to hunting. Yeah. You know, yeah. and figured it out. Um, yeah. I mean, that that can be, that can be, that can really test your patience. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sure. Well, I think a lot of it kind of what Austin's saying, it's a trial by 
kind of trial and error. You know, you got a dog, a pup, you get them started, they're, they're running and treating with other dogs. So, you know, for a night or two, you may pull them off, uh, you know, and just hunt them by themselves. If, if they don't do nothing, you may go back to hunting with other dogs. Yeah. And I, until, I think, until they kind of show, okay, they can do it by yourself, their self, that's kind of what you got to do, yeah. you know. I think the biggest thing for me, too, is, um, is heart and drive in a dog. I mean, if you can tell that they really got a lot of heart and a lot of drive, and if they're trying, and if they're trying to go hunt, and they're not just kind of milling around your feet, but if they're getting out there and they're looking, I'll, I'll stick with them. You yeah. Know, I, yeah. I, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna give them a chance. But that's a, you know, the, my biggest pet peeve is a dog that just don't try. Yeah. You know, that they, they won't hunt or, you know, just kind of go mill around and come back and that kind of stuff. I just, I can't handle it. Yeah. So, with that, you know, they start splitting off by themselves a little bit and, and kind of looking like they want to be a little bit independent or um and you can see that probably a lot on garmin and stuff now you, too. you can yeah you can i Instead mean of, and, and that and that that's that a, started that's a great point too because when you know back in the day when you didn't have a garmin to see where they're at you know you'd kick a pup loose with those older dogs i mean and you would think he's with them but i mean he yeah. may not be but two or three hundred yards up there and they're half a mile you know yeah. you didn't know um so you can. You can tell a lot more about what a pup's doing with that, you know, with your garment and that kind of stuff. And that's a great point. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think once they show any sign of it, and, and some guys, you know, they go like way overboard on like the independence part of it. I mean, yeah. I want a dog independent and I want them to be able to do it by themselves. But, you know, some guys won't even like, uh, you know, let another dog ride with a dog in the dog box yeah yeah and and if if two dogs and, and i'm talking about elite competition type guys dogs. and dogs you know and and if you get to a tree and there's two dogs on the tree you know they're not going to shoot a coon out to that dog because he's there with a he's backed another dog yeah you know yeah. they won't do it yeah. um so they really really breed and and train in independence probably more than you know more than what i do but I'm not going and hunting for $100,000. So do you think, like, being another dog there and shooting them out of a tree, you think that with that other dog, you think it makes a difference? You know, you I, try to pull a dog off? I, I think, you know. Whoever treated it first, pull that other dog off? Or? I've I've never, um, you know, honestly, I've, I've never really trained independence into a dog enough to really think about it a whole lot. But, you know, I've listened to enough of those guys say, you know, that it doesn't take – you know, so so in a hunt, you want dogs to split off and get by yeah. themselves, right? So that you know, those guys say it doesn't take but once or twice you killing a coon to a dog that backed another dog. And, I mean, because dogs are pack animals, anyways, right? Yeah. yeah. So and that coon's your reward. That that that's their reward. You know, so they think, okay, I can go in, I can back this other dog, I'm going to get the reward, and I don't have to go off and do my own thing. So they never do it, um, and it's you know. Like I said, I've, I've never been that extreme, but a lot of those guys are. And um, I've just, you know, like I said, I've never done it. But. Yep. Well, guys, um, that's going to kind of wrap it up. That was a few good questions to kind of end it there by Austin, um, too, that I really never thought of. But they were great questions. Um, hopefully in the future we can do, a, you know, another coon hunting podcast if you all really like this one. Um, this is kind of, you know, an, an introduction to it um it's different from deer hunting so you know let us know if you like it um 
you know, if you if you want to hear maybe one with just stories or one on just information, whether that's deer hunting, coon hunting, whatever it is, you know, just just let us know. Um, and uh, we we really enjoyed this. We really pretty much we hunt everything we can, you know. And so that's that's what we're about. We're not just deer hunters. We're you know try to be conservationists, coon hunters turkey hunters dove whatever so um look for you know podcasts in the future with just a little bit of everything um so uh thanks dad for coming on uh yep yeah, i appreciate you. jody i appreciate you guys having me uh you guys are doing a good deal here i hope you guys uh keep it up and it gets big for you and i'm glad to be a part of it sure. and uh i i sure enjoy hunting with you guys and y'all know that at any any time i go y'all are welcome to go and i'd yep. love to have you so yep. and that goes for yep. you know for whoever yeah you know. if anybody's interested in going holler at us we uh that, that and that's that's one thing about coon hunting too i mean you know you don't have to sit there and be quiet yep you know you don't have to be still it's uh you know little kids can go and enjoy it and sure um whatever so it's it's a pretty good it's a great family yep thanks for following us around all them places oh, too i yeah. know it yep all right guys well that'll wrap it up for this week we hope y'all enjoyed um be sure to check out all our social media stuff we're, we're trying to post and uh, put out as much content as we can. Like I said, if you're interested in trying to go hunt, um, whether that's deer, hunt, or coon hunt, or whatever it is, be sure to holler at us. Um, we appreciate all the support. We do it for you guys, and uh, y'all, are, y'all are what makes this happen. So uh, thank y'all for tuning in, and uh, until next week, keep seeking, guys.